Well, last week, Isaac Shade and Leaf Tulin discussed the best shooters in all of college basketball. Today, we're going to talk best overall scores in the game, and we got some fun, fun players to discuss right here on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, folks? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Andy Patton. Today's episode of Locked On College Basketball is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. So visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Well, Leaf Tulin and I are back and we are continuing our series. Started last week kind of talking about some of the best players at their respective roles. We talked shooters last week, or I should say Leaf and Isaac talked shooters last week. Today we're talking scores in the future. We'll talk passers, shot blockers, et cetera, et cetera. But wanted to have some fun with it today instead of just kind of doing it over the course of one segment. We're going to spread this thing out for a full show and basically draft each of us are going to draft an eight-man rotation of the best scores in college basketball. I have left the rules for either of us pretty open-ended. We're basically just trying to outscore the opponent. Whatever we think are the best scores in college basketball, of course, it's a very subjective conversation. Are we talking mid-major guys? Are we talking high-major guys in, in offenses that maybe don't score as much but who are very efficient? Like, There's a lot of different factors, and I'm really looking forward to getting an opportunity to kind of hash out some of these uh, high-level scores in this game as we get closer and closer to the 2023-24 season. So Leaf. I am going to kick it off to you as always and give you the first pick of who you think is going to be one of the most prolific scorers in college basketball this upcoming season. I don't have the most stunning pick here. I I (laughs) thought about going a little off the deep end to start. Mm -hmm. I got some deep cuts, but I'll start with Zach Eady. Yeah. (laughs) Zach Eady scored a lot. He scored a lot against good competition. He did so for a team that was number one seed, which is something you'll hear consistent. What I'm saying of throughout this is I'm going to usually choose players that I think will help score for good teams. that won't be just empty point getters. Um, Cause I think a lot of players, like especially in the NBA, you see a lot of players score 30, like, and, and it's empty. Um, mm-hmm. So with Zach, he scored 22.3 points per game. He obviously was a rebounding and anchor defensively too. That's not important to what we're talking about here, mm-hmm. but Zach, Eady, unstoppable he gets onto the block and he turns over his left shoulder and he knocks down a jump hook he steps through he dunks it he's a good passer he shoots free throws well uh he shot 61 percent as the focal point of an offense that was a big centric league in the big 10 and yeah i I think he's only going to be better this year as a player he may not score as much because i think purdue actually got better as a team and uh but but it's hard to argue with taking him as the number one pick as someone who's going to get you a 20 and 15 pretty much every night. Yeah, I think Edie is the obvious first choice. And, and I think, again, for, for all the reasons you listed, he not only was a productive 20 per game score, which there aren't that many 20 per game guys in college basketball, but he did it for the top team in the country. And it's hard to hard to deny that when looking at, at, at this exercise. So I'm going to go, the two guys that I have next on my list are both transfers. And so it's always a little bit tricky to figure out like how that, how that might look at a different school. One of them is coming up from a a lower major school up to a high major school. The other guy is transferring across. 
uh, staying in a high major conference. I think that's who I'm going to go with here. Uh, not quite as prolific of a scorer as Zach Eady, but I'm going to go with Hunter Dickinson coming over from Michigan to Kansas. I think there's uh, a bit of intrigue in terms of how he's going to adjust to to moving from the to, from the Big Ten, excuse me, to the Big Twelve. Uh, but for me, I think Bill Self has done a really good job of utilizing low post players historically. I think, you know, looking f- from the roster perspective, Dewan Harris is a great passer. They got some shooters on that floor, I think, that are going to space it for, for Dickinson. I think he's going to have a really productive season. I get 18 and a half points per game last year at Michigan, but as a consistent 18 per game guy the last two years. And I think we're going to see him be up in that range, maybe a little bit higher for, for a team that I expect to be in the top five, uh, probably top three throughout the season uh, in Kansas. Yeah, that's that's the guy I kind of expected to mm-hmm. to be taking number two. Um, so he was one that if he'd fallen, I probably would have pounced on it. Mm-hmm. And I, I know who you're alluding to with the other one, mm-hmm. but I, but I'm actually going to leave him there for you. I, I got mm-hmm. a guy that I, I think is going to be the best freshman in the country mm-hmm. uh, in terms of scoring. I'm going to take Isaiah Collier. Yeah, I think Isaiah Collier at SC. I mean, his backcourt mate may actually lead that team in scoring, mm-hmm. but it's just in terms of scoring ability. I think Isaiah Collier is the guy. Uh, at a certain point, I really like to take talent when I take a score, just the way the, the plethora of ways that he can score. He's explosive enough to get to the rim and dunk it. He shoot the ball from three. He'll operate at pick and rolls and score from all three levels. Crafty enough to shoot floaters. Uh, there's a few other guys that. I would strongly, strongly consider that have more college tape. Obviously, he has none, but I, it's hard to miss out on the top end talent that Isaiah Collier possesses. And I'm very eager to see what USC does. As we're recording this, USC is picked second in the Pac 12. And the Pac 12, I think, will be a pretty good conference this year. It may not be as top heavy with UCLA likely taking a slight bit of a drop, but I, I think they're going to get six, seven teams into the uh, tournament. I think USC may be just as good as they're predicted to be. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. I, th- I think um, I, I wasn't sure how how soon I was willing to pick freshmen, but I definitely think Collier is going to be a guy who 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 does a lot. And and I agree with you. And, and top seven, top eight on my list uh, is the USC backcourt running mate with Isaiah Collier. So it'll be interesting to see how those two guys kind of split time in that backcourt from a scoring perspective. But uh, I alluded to it already, so I'm just going to go ahead and take him. It's Mac a- Max Acemus for my next pick. A uh, guy who's averaged over tw- or 22 or higher points per game in the last three years. Of course, those all came at Oral Roberts in the Summit League. Now he's at Texas, where he, you know, he may not even be the the best scorer in his backcourt, or at least the best guard in his backcourt. I think he'll probably be the best scorer uh, with Tyrese Hunter there for Rodney Terry's team. But I, Ace Smith is a guy who's been a, a prolific three point shooter throughout his career. He's been an efficient scorer around the rim, especially for a guy at his size. Uh, He's just showcased so much talent. He's a fantastic free throw shooter. There's very little that he can't do as an offensive player. And now we have to see how that translates at the high major level. And that's the risk here is is a guy like this. Yeah, he's not going to score 22 points a game, most likely for Texas next year. That would be very shocking if he were able to do that. But uh, from in terms of his ability to score the basketball and what we've seen from him uh, the last really four years, but particularly the last three years where he's been over 22 points per game, I think it's hard to ignore him in an exercise like this. Yeah, he's got the accolades probably mm-hmm. to be number one on this i i just question how real it is sure. when he's playing against the big 12 like when he's opposed by dewan harris jamal mm-hmm. shed uh on back-to-back nights right. what's uh, what's what's going to be the outcome of that and and like you said i think tyrese hunter could be the best player in that backcourt mm-hmm. um so with my fifth pick or third pick overall mm-hmm. 
for me, fifth pick overall, I'm go. I'm torn between two guards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to get both of them, so I don't want to tip my cap too much. But I, I'll, I'll take the guy that I think is the better basketball player. Mm-hmm. I'll take Riley Kugel. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy you may be saying, oh, wait a minute. Scoring wise, that, that guy didn't score that much. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'd be correct. Riley Kugel, to me, is going to take the largest leap in terms of points per game of a guy who was already basically a double-digit score. Like, you can only improve so much. There's going to be someone in the country that goes from, like, 4 to 19. That's going to be larger. Mm-hmm. But Riley Kugel, after Colin Castleton got hurt, showed all the flashes. He scored 9.9 points per game last year. But there was a stretch of games where he finished off his year. I'm just, I just pulled up his last 10 games. 13, 14, 21, 19, 20, 24, 17, 12, 18, 15. And I read that backwards. So if you if you guys are being super, super strict on that, I was just reading from top to bottom. But in terms of points, those are double digits. That's a freshman who was thrust into a role that was uncomfortable. Yes, some of the efficiency wasn't great. I expect him to be a 20-a-game score for a Florida team in the SEC, and that's really hard to do in the SEC. Um, and I think he'll be a lottery pick as well. I like that pick as well. I think another really solid uh, – just guy who, who's proven that he can do it. Uh, and we didn't see it over a full season, but I think that the way Todd Golden has developed guards, I think there's a lot of promise for, for Riley Kugel uh, entering that next season for Florida. Well, we're going to continue drafting the best scorers in the upcoming 23-24 college basketball season. Coming up after a word from today's sponsor, FanDuel. Football season is here, folks, and FanDuel is giving you the best chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every single time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every single victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Folks, I want to thank all of you for making Locked On College Basketball your first listen or first watch of the day. Remind you, we are available free and available on all podcast platforms as well as on YouTube. So go hit that subscribe button if you have not done so yet. We are continuing our draft of the best scorers in all of college basketball. As a reminder, in the first segment there, Leaf took Zach Eady, Isaiah Collier, and Riley Kugel. I took Hunter Dickinson and Max Asmus. And now with my third pick... I'm looking at a handful of guards as well. Uh, a lot of guards who would be kind of rough fits alongside Asmus. So I'm trying to determine if that's worth uh, factoring in or not. But I think I am going to go with uh, another smaller guard. And I'm going to go with a guy who who averaged 16 per game last year in the SEC. And that's Wade Taylor the fourth, uh, Really prolific guard for that team last year. And again, very undersized. He's listed at six foot. Uh, so I think if, if this were a real roster construction, that might be a little bit of a challenge for for my squad, but a guy who who really broke out in a big way. He was productive as a freshman, but really kind of shined last year, bumped that three-point percentage up over 35%. Uh, excellent free throw shooter, good at driving into traffic and, and drawing contact. And I think uh, we're going to see him take another leap, potentially be an SEC first team or potentially be the SEC player of the year. I think he's in that conversation without a doubt and wouldn't be surprised to see him up over 17 points per game, maybe in that 18 point per game range for, for what I expect to be a pretty solid uh, Texas A&M squad. He's definitely someone who is on my list and I'm excited to see Texas A&M. I, I kind of alluded to this in a, in a tweet and we discussed it a while ago is I think Texas A&M is one of the more underrated teams by national polls. And mm-hmm. I think uh, Fox is releasing theirs tomorrow. Yeah. So I'm eager to see that. And I, I bet they'll fall around 16, 17. I'd personally take them 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was pretty worried when you started talking about 16 a game before you said SEC. <laughs> I'm going to be taking Trey Alexander. Oh, nice. Uh, he He's someone that I think this year with the absence of Kaluma, with the absence of Nemhard, the still ever-looming presence of Ryan Kalkbrenner, uh, it's, he's someone that I think is primed to break out. Like There was talk about how well he played as a point guard when he was the two as a freshman. Last year he was the two again, and he was very good. I saw him play live, and he just snakes into into the spots in the mid-range. He's a good shooter off the perimeter. He's also a good defender. I know that's not very pertinent to this discussion, but it's just like I like a good, well-rounded basketball sure. player. Uh, I think he's going to lead the Creighton Blue Jays in scoring. Creighton's going to be a top-10 team. It may be a more egalitarian attack, like Stephen Ashworth is a, is a shooter. He'll score. Shireman will shoot and score. Colic Brenner will be a double-digit scorer. And maybe Isaac Trout and or Mason Miller will score. But I think he's the guy at the end of the game that's going to go get you buckets. I think he's one of the best bucket getters in college basketball. I also saw him play at the NBA Combine, and I was impressed with just the way with which he was able to create space. So maybe in terms of counting stats, he will be a 15-16 guy. But in terms of who I want the ball in the hands of uh, to score for me, he may not be like the best point guard. He may not be the best facilitator. But if I want to score uh, for some of these top 10, top 15 teams, uh, it's probably who I go to. And mm-hmm. this is a little sort of a side note. How many teams have their best players be bigs? Like you can make an argument. It's Kalkbrenner. Kalkbrenner is probably their mm-hmm. most important piece. Like when he was out, they were really bad last year and he was in, they were really good. Uh, Dickinson oh. is the, on the number two team. Edie mm-hmm. Filipowski is likely mm-hmm. going to be taken soon. Um but what players at the end of games usually get the ball? It's usually guards. Yeah. And I would say of the top 10, Alexander may be the guy I'm most confident in to get me a bucket at the end of the game. Yeah, I like Trey Alexander a lot. He was somebody who was certainly on my list. And uh, I swear I had this idea before you said his name, but I am going to take Kyle Filipowski with my next pick. There was two or three bigs that I was kind of looking at, a couple guards that I still think are are intriguing, including our, our USC friend that we haven't taken yet. But uh, Filipowski wasn't the most efficient scorer last year as a true freshman. Is only 50% on twos, about 28% on threes. But I expect those numbers to tick up. We see so many players make that kind of sophomore leap. And I think uh, for Duke to have the continuity that they have on the roster, I think will only help him uh, continue to develop and grow as a more efficient scorer. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he looks defensively. I know that's not part of the exercise, but uh, he's a guy who who seems to have good touch, uh, 15 per game last year, again, as a true freshman. I think there's a real opportunity for him to take that leap and, and be, maybe his numbers don't explode. I'm not, you know, he's probably maybe not going to average 22 or anything like that, but I think we'll see him be more efficient, be more effective, uh, and and lead a Duke team that I expect to be very, very good this season. Yeah, I think he's going to be the face of that team. The question to me is is who's the best player? I, I would take Proctor, but I think the best scorer mm-hmm. is Filipowski. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take a guy that you'll know well, but maybe not all the listeners do. I'm going to take St. Mary's point guard, Aiden Mahaney. Yeah. I love Aiden Mahaney. He may be my favorite player in college basketball. Uh, not quite sure. I, I think he's got a very good case to be. He was a freshman last year, scored 14 a game. And for those of you who don't know, Randy Bennett's teams do not play quickly. So yeah. 14 a game, you can, if you were to inflate that to a typical pace, that's probably 17, 18 a game. Uh, in big games, he was dynamite. Like he, he was sensational. Uh, he had one bad big game and uh, or two big bad big games as a freshman really and he was awesome the rest of the year 
Uh, he's someone that I expect to score 15, 16 points a game, but again, inflate that to pace of possession to however you like. He's a great shooter, shot 39% from three with a very heavy workload with a team that the teams were keyed in on him from the start. He's going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. Uh, he's, he's also a very good passer. Uh, and he's just got this creative flair that I, I can't unsee. He, he's someone that I, I think is more fun to watch than just about anyone. And he's on a team that's fairly rigid in structure. I wonder if he had the like creative license that you see with like Tyler Kolek at uh, Marquette, you wonder what Mahaney could do. Um, but I think he's going to become more of a household name this year than he was for a team that was already a five seed last year. And I think will likely replicate that sort of success. Yeah, I love Aiden Mahaney. Uh, I do think that he probably gets a, a bit of a knock on this in terms of playing in a team that has much fewer possessions because of the way that uh, they play stylistically under Randy Bennett. But that made the fact that he averaged 14 points per game all the more impressive. I think Aiden Mahaney is a, a superstar in waiting. And I think between him and Riley Kugel, one of those guys is going to pop in a major way this year, potentially both of them uh, for your squad. So uh, I'm kind of looking, uh, there's a handful of kind of veteran guards. I'm looking at uh, a few that are transfers up again, but I already kind of did that with A. Smith. So I'm going to go with a guy who's spent a whole bunch of time uh, at the power five level entering his fifth and final season. I know a guy you're not as high on leaf, but I'm going to go with Terrence Shannon Jr. A guy who's been a, a double digit scorer in three of the past four years was 9.8 as a freshman at Texas Tech. So basically has been a double digit scorer his entire career. Uh, really took off in a big way last year for Illinois, 17 points per game. Uh, we saw the efficiency numbers drop a little bit for him, only 32% from three. I kind of expect that that was maybe a bit more of an aberration than, than anything else as he was over 36% the last couple of years at Tech. So if he can be a bit more of an efficient three-point shooter, I wouldn't be surprised to see him back in that 16, 17 point per game range uh, for an Illinois team that is is a little bit hard to pin down exactly right now. But I think uh, they, they made some nice additions in the transfer portal. And I think Shannon's going to be a guy who, who has the ball in his hands a lot and does a lot of scoring this season uh, for that squad. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the second leading scorer in the Big Ten. I, yeah. I think Edie's probably the first and then, sure. then Shannon's likely second or third. So I, I don't love him as a player as much mm -hmm. as some. Like, I think a lot of people may see him as like a candidate to be an All-American, first-team All-American, and maybe he can be. But I just, I've been continually underwhelmed with the impact on winning that he's had. Uh, see, I'm very guard-heavy in my <laughs> in my team right now. I took a, I took Zach Eady, I took a behemoth. Mm -hmm. I've got myself a lot of guards, and I do have more guards to go to, but I'm going to take a wing here, and I think this is one that will surprise you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Bryce Hopkins of Providence. Ooh. Uh, he is someone that can score the ball, was the Big East player of the year in a loaded Big East conference. Remind, like The Big East had Marquette win it. They had uh, Kolek win player of the year as well. I, I think it was an award that was Kolek, Kolek won and, and Hopkins was first team and he was projected to win. So I take that back. Excuse mm -hmm. me. Um, that, that said, he was first team and this is a wing group that, that he had to contend with guys like Adama Sanogo, Kalkbrenner mm -hmm. in the front courts. And then he had to fend off wings like Andre Jackson, Jordan Hawkins, and all these players. And, and yet he emerged in from that. And I think he's only going to have more license to score under King, Kim English this year because Ed Cooley is a great coach, but he plays fairly slowly. He plays methodically. Uh, I, I think Kim English is going to speed things up and you're going to see Hopkins get more license to score. And as it is, he was scoring 16 a game, corralling about nine rebounds a game, shot 36% from three, and he shot 11 shots per game. 
I think he shoots 13, 14 shots per game and he gets up to 18, 19 points. And now you got a power four guy who can play three or four who can really shoot the ball. And so I know we're not really roster constructing, but I think he would be someone that I would need to take in order to build a team that has more, uh, more depth and, and, and front court size. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I honestly Hopkins was was right below Terrence Shannon on my list. So that's a guy that was a little bit of a surprise. I wasn't sure you were going to take him, but certainly somebody who I think deserves to be in this conversation, especially in, in what I imagine is going to be a, a fun offense uh, for Coach Kim English. Uh, we're going to close out today's show with our final picks for the best scores in the country. We're also going to talk about some honorable mentions, all that coming up after a word from today's sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best, most qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs, and then you just add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. From there, simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Because honestly, right now, hiring the right team member can have a positive and measurable impact on your business. And that's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right, leave closing out our draft here. Five more picks between the two of us discussing the best scores in all of college basketball. Handful of guys that I've been thinking about for the last couple of picks that I'm finally going to take here. One of them is coming over from Syracuse. That is Judah Mintz. Judah Mintz, a guy who averaged 16 points per game last year for the Orange. You're seeing him showing up on a lot of lists as a potential like real breakout candidate this upcoming season. I think the backcourt duo of Mintz and J.J. Starling should make Syracuse under Red Autry a particularly interesting team in the first year of the post-Jim Beheim era. Again, Mintz wasn't incredibly efficient last year, which is part of the reason that I kind of kept passing on him. Uh, but again, as a true freshman to average 16 points per game, I think you're going to see the, an uptick. Maybe the outside shooting ticks up a little bit. Wasn't a super high volume guy last year, but I think there's a chance that he's even more efficient next year, gets more attempts per game. He shot about 13 shots last year. I wouldn't be surprised to see him be a guy who, who's in that conversation as one of the leading scorers in the ACC. Uh, and if Syracuse ends up kind of climbing into that top 25 conversation, he could be a, an all-league caliber player next year. Yeah, he's one with a lot of potential. Like, it, it's untapped at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, you see the skill, and then he came back from the combine. And a lot, a lot of times, those type of players that come back from the combine and are trying to retool their games end up really performing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I This is the part where I'm going to take some potential swings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take Cam Jones from Marquette. I think Marquette has two players that are – more important to their success than Cam Jones, but I think Cam Jones will lead them in scoring. And I think he's set to take a leap. He shot 12 shots per game last year, shooting at 47% from the field and scored 15 points a game. He's a dynamic shooter. When he's hot, he's hot. He shot 37%. Uh, I think he'll get more shots this year, even shoot more threes. And I think I read an article saying that they felt like Cam Jones at times uh, was playing too hard, trying to play within the team. 
and they want him to take shots. Uh, so I think Marquette, like I said, I'm a, I'm going to factor in. I think good teams matter. So the way he scores will be vital to the success of a very good team. And Marquette, the team that I think is the best team in the Big East. Um, so I'm going to take Cam Jones. And I know it's redundant with a bunch of guards, but but they score differently. Is my is my little bit of a, a nuanced claim there. Uh, Cam Jones to score 16 or 17 points in the Big East and and be a number one type seed caliber team. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with that one. I like it. Uh, I'm debating between a couple of bigs here, uh, kind of different in different places. One of them's in the A10. One of them uh, is kind of a stalwart in the ACC. But I'm actually gonna go with the A10 big, and that's Deron Holmes, a guy who was 60% on twos last year, uh, not an efficient three-point shooter, but really low volume there. 18 and a half points per game for Dayton uh, in his sophomore year. Really, really productive scorer. Uh, Incredibly talented guy, six foot 10 big. I think he's, you know, again, people might look, maybe squint their eyes a little bit at picking somebody from from a school like Dayton in the A-10 as opposed to a Power 5 guy. But Holmes proved himself to be one of the most prolific scorers in all of college basketball last year. And again, there is a difference between Dayton and some other mid-major schools in in much smaller conferences. The A-10 is really competitive, really talented, a lot of good defensive teams there. And for him to be able to put up 18 as a sophomore, especially after averaging 13 as a freshman, this guy has proven he can get buckets at the college basketball level. And I'm I'm happy to have him uh, on this roster. Yeah, I, I think he's someone that is also going to come back with feedback from the mm-hmm. from the pros saying this is what you need to work on. And I think it'll increase his volume, especially because Tumani Kamara left yeah. Dayton. So you may see even more usage for Holmes. Uh, this is my last pick, I believe. So I'm quite torn. <laughs> uh, I have one freshman and one fifth year senior. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> And I'll go with the fifth year senior. And this is the team that I'm, this is my adoptive team this year that that I really like. And I, I, I'm kind of rooting for them to win it all because I think they have a chance to, I'm going to go with Michigan state's Tyson Walker. Yeah. Tyson Walker, I think is the best score on Michigan state, which is a really balanced team. So you won't see crazy numbers, but at the end of games, man, is he good? Like when they needed a bucket against Kansas state to extend it to overtime, who'd they go to despite not having like, the best game like joey hauser at 18 at that point aj hogard had plenty of points dyson walker had like nine maybe 11 points and he got the ball rolls to his left and puts in a lefty scoop shot against michigan state he sends the game into uh to a tie he's really clutch he scores well at the end of games he's someone that i think will be a first team all big 10 guy i was surprised he wasn't unanimous because they put 10 players in i thought that was baffling mm-hmm. um and, and and why? Okay, this is this is not to meant to be a shot at Jameer Young, but Jameer Young also is a transfer from a mid ranger. He came from Charlotte to Maryland. Mm-hmm. Michigan State's projected to be the better team. Tyson Walker scored the same amount basically as Jameer Young. Why is Jameer Young a unanimous Big Ten first team, and Tyson Walker is not? Yeah. It's interesting. Interesting conversation. Interesting question. I, I like Tyson Walker as a pick here, and I am rounding it out. And I had a couple like maybe not dark horse, but like mid-major guys I wanted to pick. And I am going to go in that direction, but I'm a little baffled by some of the the veteran high major guards that are still available. I know only 16 guys to choose from here, but uh, I'm going to go with the guy that I really wanted to take with my final pick, and I'm going to just go ahead and do it. Uh, And that's Jamal Mashburn Jr. from New Mexico, uh, a guy who averaged 19 points per game last year. He averaged 18 points the year before that. Uh, The, the, 
Mountain West is a, is a pretty defensive focused conference. You see a lot of low scoring games in the Mountain West. And for a guy to come out and put up 18 plus points per game in two consecutive seasons, he bumped his three point percentage from 34 to 38 last year. Uh, obviously, he takes a lot of shots, but he's not the most efficient scorer in the world. But back to back 18 point per game seasons for a guy uh, in the Mountain West is really hard to ignore. And I think Jamal Mashburn is a guy who doesn't get as much love, as much attention. Uh, started his career at Minnesota and, you know, averaged eight points per game as a freshman in the Big Ten. So certainly a guy who proved he can do it at that level, even, uh, you know, not not as prolifically as he ended up doing at New Mexico, but a guy that I think is is primed for yet another really high scoring season uh, this upcoming season in the Mountain West. I, I like that one. I, I think if if we were to like go conference by conference, he would have come to my mind, but he's one that, that like sneaks under the radar because like you said, the Mountain West mm-hmm. typically is defensively oriented. Um, I'm not to go give too many extras, but I just thought about mm-hmm. so a few honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, one, one bigger player that I, that I think, I forgot when compiling this list initially it was Drew Pember. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought about taking it with my last pick there, but I, I really like Tyson Walker. Yeah. And then the freshman that I was thinking about was DJ Wagner at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar appeal to Isaiah Collier mm-hmm. at USC. I think Collier's the better player, but Wagner won the Jordan brand classic MVPs, a score. The question is in that hierarchy that gets established at Kentucky every year, who emerges? Is it Justin yeah. Edwards? Is it DJ Wagner? Is it Reeves? Um, and so that that's my only deterrent is I just don't know how and who they'll play through. Yep. I had a couple of honorable mentions as well that I figure I'll read here before we get us out of here for today's show. Uh, for me, this is in the order that I wrote them in, which is not necessarily the order I picked players in, but uh, Boo Booey from Northwestern, guy who averaged 17 per game last year, and Boogie Ellis, who we kind of alluded to a handful of times, but he never ended up actually getting taken to veteran high major guards who averaged over 17 points per game last year. I also had Jordan Dingle. I considered him a lot because 23 and a half points per game last year at Penn, but uh, I think he's going to be one of, if not the leading scorer for St. John's this year, but not sure how, how impactful he will be. Certainly not as impactful as he was uh, at Penn. I also had Drew Pember on my list. I also had Ray J. Dennis transferring up to Baylor from Toledo, guy who nearly averaged 20 per game last year. Uh, I alluded to Armando Baycott as an option for me before I took Holmes. Um, obviously a guy who's been doing it for a long time for the Tar Heels. A.J. Mitchell at Santa Barbara is another uh, mid-major guard I had on my list. Uh, And then closing it out with a few more names, Caleb Love, not the most efficient scorer, but a guy who does it. I also had R.J. Davis on here as well, the the kind of former North Carolina tandem. Uh, Dylan Jones at Weber State, Isaiah Stevens at Colorado State, P.J. Hall at Clemson, Tyler Perry at Kansas State, transferring from North Texas. Uh, And then one of my kind of other dark horses that I chose Mashburn over is Ray Harrison at Grand Canyon, who's averaged 17 points per game the last couple of years. And then closing out with Justin Moore at Villanova. So a lot of guys that didn't quite make the cut here, but that I think are going to have very productive scoring seasons uh, in college basketball this upcoming season. Yeah, absolutely. And what one I'd like to toss in is Tristan Da Silva. Yeah. Uh, he scored he scored just about 16 a game last year. He and Simpson, his backcourt, mm-hmm. well, he's a forward, but the mm-hmm. running the backcourt for Colorado, I think are gonna be victimized by each other's successes in terms yeah. of that neither of them are really gonna score too much more. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think he's a guy that makes himself a first round caliber pick and yeah. Colorado gets back to the tournament. Tad Boyle's gonna have one of the best teams he's had. Mm-hmm. And I think he's gonna be become a name brand. Uh, type of guy in college basketball, which Colorado hasn't been since McKinley Wright. 
Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how De Silva and Simpson and, and Cody Williams, a freshman coming in, and, and even Eddie Lampkin, who's probably not going to do a lot of scoring, but it'll be interesting to see how they kind of split duty there. But I'm, I'm excited about what Colorado's got going for them. But Leaf, that's going to wrap us up for today. This is a very fun exercise, get a chance to look at the best scorers in college basketball. We'll be back on Friday with some more of our conference previews, discussing everything going on in some of those small major conferences. We'll also, of course, keep you updated on the Gonzaga, the Big 12 rumors, and everything else going on as we're getting into media days for various conferences. As we're getting right up to it, folks, college basketball is just a few weeks away from the opening, and we are very excited to continue these kind of conversations here on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button on YouTube if you have not done so yet. Follow us on Twitter. You can also find the show wherever you get podcasts. It is free and available in all those spots. We'll be back on Friday with one more show to close out the week. Thank you so much for listening. And until tomorrow, peace out.